Hello there, how are you? I am back again for more Ask for What You Want, and this is episode number four. And the title is, Asking for Help Doesn't Mean You Deserve Less or Have to Give Something Away. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> that seems to be an issue for a lot of us ladies, right? So, here's the idea. How much do you struggle in asking for help on the job or in your personal life? Do you feel like a huge failure in asking or, better yet, do you try to hide it? Like, do you do tasks before someone else can get to it so you look like you have it under control? Or there is nowhere for someone to help you because you got it all covered, right? Oh, yes, I used to live that one big time. So let's get into this, shall we? Women have always appeared in literature as the damsel in distress, right? She's helpless unless someone rescues her, unless you're Joan of Arc. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's always the opposite. It's the woman who, if she's brave, ends up dead or ends up in some kind of bind. So it's an either or. There's no middle ground, right? You're either the damsel in distress or you're standing with conviction for something and dying on that conviction. So the deal is most women I know personally have been the donkeys or the camels, right? where we're carrying the heavier loads than we actually need to carry. And we're headed down a trail into a canyon, wondering if anyone is noticing, right? Please tell me that you noticed me working harder than everybody else. And maybe you're going to offer to help, or you're going to recognize it and give me some kind of validation. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we, we have this dynamic with ourselves where it's on the one hand, please help me. On the other hand, don't help me. I can do it myself. Oh yeah. It's so divided and we're so outside of ourselves when we do that, meaning we don't realize it. We're in autopilot and we don't realize what we're creating for ourselves and how we feel. So no one notices this as much as you do, by the way. And some women feel that they lose a part of themselves or their power when they look for help. I understand this. I used to walk in those shoes and they don't want to be seen as helpless and will multitask everything just so no one else steps in and does anything to help. Yeah, because I still need to look like I'm queen of the opera. I need to look like I am in the winning position. And so you're paying this price and others are bystanders. Bystanders. Did I say that right? <laughs> okay, so you may be drained or draining yourself by your own expectations drowning in them and hoping for things to change, for someone to give you permission that you can do something different or that, hey, they get you. They understand your commitment, your hard work, your loyalty and all of that good stuff. But it doesn't really work that way in real life. In the movies, sure, why not? Otherwise we wouldn't have a movie plot, would we? So I did this and when I was in corporate America, as an example, I would make up things for me to do. Oh yeah, I just add shit to my plate so I appeared busy and so that I could create challenges to be overcome. If there were no challenges, what would I do with myself? How could I prove my value? Asking for help was not on the list of what I could do. It felt like somehow I was weak or would be seen as I could not handle it. That was worse than me figuring something out on my own or me feeling overwhelmed. Anything was better than the shame I would feel when it seemed that things needed to be explained to me again because the information I received did not give me enough to go on. Oh my gosh, the shame that 
we could feel if somebody has to explain something to us again. Oh, right. Even though it's so much better to ask questions. It took me years to figure that out, by the way. I wouldn't ask questions because I didn't want to seem like I was needy or weak or there was something wrong with me. And so I would suffer and try to figure everything out on my own. Always. I knew I could figure out a way. That was something where I was very resilient and I was tenacious. And I know there's a lot of women out there that are like that, right? We will figure it out. We will not worry that someone else has got to figure it out for us. So is this a problem? Yeah, of course it is. Because you're wearing yourself to the bone. Research indicates that women are less likely than men to ask for what they want. Being ambitious is a good thing, but studies also show that the perception of a woman as confident can actually hurt her professionally. <laughs> right? Women walk a tightrope between being seen as a B-I-T-C-H or being seen as weak. Asking for help to many women can feel like you're opening yourself up for judgment. Your own self-judgment is included in there, by the way. And it's a problem because it can make you feel like an island. Others may not offer help since you seem to shun it or you don't seem interested or you, again, like I said, have it all under control. And they may believe that. And then something happens, which shows you don't. Yeah, we've all had those things happen, right? In that dose of shame that comes with it. Oh yeah, shame is always the, <laughs> is always the lead feeling in what we don't want to feel. We want to feel like we're good enough. So not asking for help can have you resenting other people, not making close enough bonds with others. So the struggle on the way up the ladder is problematic or the struggle at home or the struggle in any of your relationships is very real. And you can be very resentful about these things. And it can have you making fear-based decisions rather than choices made from intrinsic motivation, which is the motivation of just doing because you want to do, not because you're looking for validation. So what's the wake-up statement to this? Well, you can do it alone with the weight of the world, or you can be courageous, be you, and engage the village. Yeah, isn't that funny how it takes us to go, yeah, I need help here. So what's the solution to this? Well, it's all about taking the harder road in the long run or the harder road in the short run. Which one do you want to do, right? Most of us are not wanting to suffer and we're wanting it to be in the shorter run, obviously. So becoming an authentic person is harder, of course, in the short run because, oh, wait a minute, what? What? Oh, why? Because as much as most of us prefer giving off an air of overcompetence to avoid questions or looking like we need help, when you're in that inauthentic steel proof exterior, you will make it harder in the long run as you go it alone. So in other words, the short term, when you really are trying to be authentic, it can be harder because you're going to have to give up certain manipulations, certain, you know, ways of coming across like you've got it all together and nobody needs to help you. And when you start having to be a little bit vulnerable, that can feel really, really difficult in the short run. But in the long run, there's a bigger payoff. For those of us that can't, what we're doing by being, let's say, the steel-proof Teflon lady in whatever part of your life it is, it's harder in the long run because you're making it on your own. It's all alone. It doesn't change. It doesn't get better. Somebody doesn't wake up and all of a sudden change anything for you. It's that you have to change 
how you're approaching things in your perspective of it. Like for me, I could never figure out my issue when I was in corporate. I always had to be on top by overdoing it, by overperforming and not needing anyone to help me. And it was scary to let people see me be vulnerable or show that I was not infallible. So asking questions was off the table. I really didn't do that for a very long time. So the easy solution, of course, is to ask those questions, but you want to feel a sense of confidence, right? There's different ways of asking questions. There's asking questions like, I was not paying attention to what you just said. I have no idea. And therefore I'm asking questions, which I would call are stupid questions, right? You feel stupid asking them. You feel stupid for not paying attention. You feel stupid all the way around. So the thing is, when you are asking questions from a place of confidence, it's I'm engaged in what this is, whatever, whatever the topic is or whatever the situation is, I'm engaged and I'm actively wanting to either understand or I'm asking questions because I need help. And I can be confident in that, which means I'm okay as a person. That's what confidence is. I'm okay as a person. Even in not being okay, I'm still okay because I'm okay with not being okay. And a lot of us aren't, we struggle with that. But the, po the point is you want to feel confident in yourself and still you can ask for help. You don't have to be a martyr or the victim, okay? You don't have to be the damsel in distress. When I come across as confident, like I ask people, okay, I'm understanding this. Now I would like to understand this and I feel like there's something missing in what I'm getting here. Or I can say, you know what? I could take all of this on, but I don't feel like overcompensating or overperforming. And if I take all of this on, I'm doing that. Or, hey, you know what? I don't have any room on my plate. My plate is pretty full and I want to do a good job with what I have here. Or, hey, you know what? I don't want to be resentful in this relationship with you. So if I keep taking all of this on, I'm going to be resentful. So I'm going to take these things off my plate. If you decide to put them on your plate, great. If you don't, that's okay too. Like we don't really look at coming across in that way because we're so afraid of the perception other people are going to have of us as being weak or we can't do it or we're going to owe them. Oh my Lord, right? Nobody wants to owe anybody anything. So that's why I'm saying like these examples of speaking with confidence, it's really for your benefit to engage in this way, to engage the village and whether that's one other person or many other people. Because it doesn't reflect your weak. Again, weakness is not perceived on, okay, you need help. Weakness is perceived on how you make yourself an island and you cut yourself off. That means you can't engage. I was watching, uh, what is it called? The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. <laughs> There's like 20 different versions of it. I was watching one of the versions and I thought it was really interesting because, you know, he's all alone and we're kind of like the Grinch with ourselves. We are. You know, and it doesn't really work as a way to be happy. It works as a way to keep yourself protected. But he didn't look strong. He didn't look amazing. He didn't look anything. He looked sad and lonely and misunderstood, especially by him looking at himself. He didn't even understand himself. He didn't understand how to be happy. He only understood how to feel like crap. And that's what a lot of us do is we know how to feel like crap but yet if the rest of the world looks at us a certain way, then, hey, we're winning. But that's what I'm saying. Like you look at the Grinch, you're like, uh, dude, you're not winning, right? So just an example of how much we don't control how other people see us. 
So if you find this incredibly hard to do again, then you need to look at why you're trying to control others' perspectives of you. You really do. And when you think you know people see you, or how they see you, I should say, nine times out of 10, you're not correct. If you were to ask people their honest opinion, you always get a different opinion, right? And not that you need to go around asking people for their opinion. It's just that what work you're putting into all of the overdoing that you do, because you're afraid to get help, it's that you don't realize you're not making the impression you think you're making. And so the more you can be you and recognize you don't need to be superwoman, but a woman doing a good job or a woman who shows up for her relationship, the more you feel empowered and require less validation from other people. And it's true. Even in your intimate relationships, whether it's your relationship, your job, you start to feel good and your output is good. It matches. It's not an overdoing. It's not trying so hard. It's not coming from fear of loss. Because that fear of loss will drive you, you know, the fear of losing your job, the fear of losing the relationship, the fear of losing how you believe someone perceives you. Those things become just a zero sum because it isn't about that anymore. It's like, I'm good enough the way I am when I accept myself the way I am and I ask for help or I allow people to help me or I ask the questions that I need to ask so that I'm helped by that. And I can still feel confident that I'm okay, no matter what, again, even if I'm not okay. So the wake up statement, again, you can do it alone with the weight of the world, or you can be courageous, be you and engage the village. And Hey, you have a right to empowerment. Yes, you do. You have a right to empowerment. You can continue to be the Island and appear to have it all together when you don't, which causes anxiety and stress, or you can learn more about what you do not know and make connections with others. Yeah. Thank you guys. So, let me wrap this up real quick. It's hard for women as we don't want to appear weak or not good enough. And asking for help can have a woman feeling like others will perceive her in a way that she does not want them to. And that is hard. It is hard because of the illusion of control. She may have overthinking others thinking she has it together. <laughs> it's so funny when you stop doing that, by the way, when you stop trying to control how others see you, it is the most freeing thing you can do. Because they think what they think anyways of you, okay? Like people may say one thing and think another. Look at you. You do that too, right? So nobody really knows how other people feel about them or perceive them unless they're being super honest. And sometimes people are, but that's still their perception of you, which may be totally different than what you think they think of you. Yeah. So why put energy there? It's the most worthless thing you can do. You want to appear to have that illusion of control and that is going to wear you out and you're not going to get any closer to the goal of well-being and happiness no matter what you're doing in life. Fulfilling success is different than success without it. You can have success and not be fulfilled. If you start allowing yourself to step into these shoes, you start to feel more fulfilled. And you do have it together. And when you, you know, you can, and, and you do, we all have it together. All of us do. We're all whole. Like we're not walking around with pieces and parts missing of ourselves, even though it can feel that way. And when you include others on the journey, you may form opportunities that were not possible by being on your own island. Okay. So that is it, you guys. I'm glad you tuned in. And if you're interested in learning more about me, go to tracycrossley.com or you can find me on social media, Tracy Crossley. And I'm happy to include any questions you have as future topics for this program. All right, take care, you guys, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.